Welcome to the Discovering Leadership Podcast. My name is Corbin Hannes. I'm joined by my co-host, Carl Bowden. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about crafting strategy and specifically strategic analysis with our guest, Chris Broberg. Carl, do you want to go into a little bit more detail on what we're talking about today? Yeah. So today on the Discovering Leadership Podcast, we're going to be talking about crafting strategy. How do we strategize our business? Now, before we go into that, the purpose of this podcast is to invest in you, to invest in the fundamentals of leadership within yourself, within your business, and within your community. We want you to grow leaders to help multiply the effect around you and your business. We want to build a community of leaders to help others lead by example. Now, for today's topic on strategic analysis, we're going to be talking about, you know, how can we strategize in our business? How do we find our objectives, our goals, or maybe the mission of the company? How often uh, should you be strategizing? And what are some tools and resources that we can use for strategizing? Now, today we are joined by, by Dr. Chris Broberg, Associate Dean of Graduate Programs and Research with W. Frank Barton School of Business at Wichita State University. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. It's great to be here, Carl. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here with you and Corbin. Thanks. Awesome. Definitely. Uh, so Chris is a fantastic professor. He taught me a lot of great things to know about entrepreneurship and strategy out at WSU. And I really enjoyed the time that I got to learn from him. And I figured he'd be a really, really great addition to our podcast so that he can help push some of that knowledge out to the, uh, the leadership community that we're trying to build as well. Yeah, you know, and Chris, he he had the opportunity to teach myself as well with a global strategic management course, uh, part of my MBA program at Wichita State. Chris, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're currently doing at, at Wichita State and maybe some of your past is experiences as it relates to strategy. Yeah, terrific. Well, I... Probably I'll, I'll start with when I was getting my MBA, I went to uh, the University of Arizona and at the time, and I think and still today, they are one of the leaders in entrepreneurship education. And I really focused uh, on entrepreneurship related uh, um, experiences in my MBA. And entrepreneurship is very related to strategy, um, but it takes a little bit of a different perspective as you are trying to launch something new, it requires a new kind of strategy to, to make that happen. So it's a little unique in that sense than an existing business who is trying to uh, develop a strategy to, to grow or to survive in, in an existing industry. But um, I, I had that experience and I was looking to go and, and do some entrepreneurial things, but then I got tempted to go into the consulting world and I took more of a consulting job for uh, six years. I was a consultant with the Gallup organization and um, at Gallup, I really focused on the internal 
workings of a business, in particular their culture. And culture plays an important part mm. in strategy, especially in executing a strategy. You can have a great strategy, but if you don't have a, a culture that's going to embrace and execute that, it may not achieve its objective. And so culture plays an important part in bringing to life the, the promise of of a strategy. So for six, year, six years, I was a consultant with the Gallup organization, helping organizations improve their uh, pro- productivity, their productive culture, their employee engagement and leadership uh, to, to uh, and, and look at the relationship between that culture and their hard metrics, their financial and performance, their customer engagement. Uh, and so I did that for six years, but I always had an itch to go and and really learn how to do my own research and study. And I and I've always uh, wanted to uh, and enjoyed teaching and seeing that light bulb go off and students and being a part of the creative process. So I went back and entered a Ph.D. program to to become an independent scholar and and to cultivate an expertise that I could share and help with uh, with other businesses and students. And so I studied strategy and entrepreneurship as part of my PhD program at Texas Tech University. And then I was fortunate to get, a um, after my PhD, a job at Wichita State. And Corbin and Carl, you had to put up with me as uh, an instructor. Sorry about that. But um, And so since... Uh, coming to Wichita, Wichita State, I've primarily focused on entrepreneurship and been able to uh, work with the Center for Entrepreneurship at Wichita State and work with a lot of uh, students in their process of creating uh, a new business. And um, over the last several years, that's I've partnered a lot with the Eng- College of Engineering at Wichita State, where we Carl can, um, Corbin can attest to this, putting students with engineering uh, colleagues to co-create uh, a new product idea and, and to look at creating uh, strategies for, for new technology products. Um, more recently, I've kind of switched uh, hats and become more of an administrator. Uh, I've taken on the, the role as associate dean over graduate programs where we look at um, growing our, our graduate um, curriculum and programs. And, and there's a lot of strategy related to that. So my day-to-day work now is more strategic and how can we create uh, curriculum and experiences for students, for graduate students that are going to set them up for success, success help them get the, the skill set that they need to uh, be successful in their careers and life. And so that's that's been an opportunity where I can apply a little bit of what I'm teaching in in the classroom with respect to entrepreneurship and strategy. So that's a little bit of my background. No, that makes sense. So uh, you had mentioned a few different universities that you either attended to educate yourself or to educate others as well as some experience on more so the private side working with, you said Gallup, correct? correct? Uh, What were some of the key takeaways that you had through all of this experience within strategy 
uh, are there are there any learning like particular learning experiences that you might want to share? One, uh, you know, and I think I mentioned this from my days at, at Gallup. We we worked with a lot of companies. I was primarily based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and worked with a lot of companies in that market, but also uh, worked with organizations across the U.S. and, and the world. Um, these included Best Buy and Toyota, a lot of banks like Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank and uh, and one thing that I uh, recognize from that work is just the, the importance of having a strong, dynamic, productive culture. Um, that can be an important part of a company's strategy is uh, having a workforce that knows what, um, that does what they do best, that feels engaged in what they do. That's really going to make a difference in delivering positive customer experiences and helping organizations achieve their financial uh, success and, and identifying new opportunities. Um, engaged employees will share information, feel more ownership and, and help organizations uh, move forward. So that, that internal cultural piece was really important. Another learning along my way it's just been the importance of focusing keenly on the customer there's sometimes um, in business especially businesses who have an initial success that they become overconfident in who they think their customer is and their needs and problems that they have and and those needs and problems are dynamic. They change over time and really require a hyper focus from organizations to make sure that they are clearly understanding where their customers are today. That I think is is bedrock business, in my opinion, is, <laughs> is not losing focus oh, yeah. on who that customer is and their problems and how those change. Uh, and and expanding beyond current customers, right? Looking at other problems and needs among other types of populations of people that businesses may not currently be serving today, but that may be the basis of, of growth in the future. So those are, are probably two key things along the way that you know, are key take, takeaways for me. Yeah, so it sounds like culture was huge, bringing that culture together, making sure everyone was communicating on the same level, heading towards the same direction, that same path in the strategy of a business. And then also, you know, focusing on the customer, understanding who they are working with so they can effectively grow the company. So Chris, I wanted to ask, What's, what's the process of building a very tight-knit culture or the process of identifying that customer, that perfect, ideal client? Yeah, so, you know, I think it uh, in part begins with the the top management team, the, the founders, the, the managers of an organization 
uh, who are tasked with uh, identifying a culture, creating a strategy to really have a vision, one of who they think they want to be, right? And embedded in that is whose problems they are wanting to solve. Uh, and so what is that inspiring kind of vision for the future that will inspire you every day? Who are you trying to really help? And related to that is what is your mission? What part of that, uh, what part of the problems that organizations or people have do you want to address? What do you want to do day to day? So I think an important part of this is as an organization is, is having a clear vision and a clear mission statement of who you want to be. And out of that emerges goals and objectives that you, that you want to achieve. But ultimately, um, going back to your question about a customer is it really requires cultivating empathy for mm. for another person for another business and trying to put yourself in vision what is it uh that they're facing in their life what are they trying to achieve what are the headaches that they have what's limiting their growth and how can our how can our company help address that and create value for them. And so it's, it is really carefully uh, cultivating that. And a lot of that is best achieved by um, having a lot of interactions with potential customers. And so you both know from, you know, experiences and working with me, the importance of customer interviews, right? And going out and getting a firsthand knowledge of what is other companies and individuals facing in their life and what is um, that feedback that is i think critical in a strategic process in a de in developing a, a culture that is serving customers you need to have those insights and uh, intelligence within your business and you can only sometimes go and get that for yourself. I really advocate not outsourcing this to somebody else because you're going to miss key insights that you would get by doing this on your own. And a lot of times this is, you know, a very much strategy in my view is a, is a creative process. It's where you can be innovative and innovation happens when you can bring together disparate um, and even unrelated pieces of information, right? That when you consider them together, emerges a new idea like, wow, this is what we heard. And sometimes if you're outsourcing this and they're going to distill a summary of what they learned, you miss some of that core information that you would gather by listening to people with these interviews that allow you to combine, you know, different parts of information that help you get that brilliant idea that can make or break your business, right? That gives you that innovation that will uh, allow you to add unique value to, to your customers. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like with, with this process, it all starts with a question. You know, you're asking a lot of different questions. What is the problem? What's the problem we need to solve? What's the vision, the mission of the organization? I really liked what you said about empathy, though, because sometimes we think we know what we want or we, we think we know what the customer wants. But if we don't actually go on their level to understand their perspective, their needs, their problems, then it's really hard to make that sale or to, to get our business to grow. We have to understand them not only on the business side, but the individual as well. Now, you had mentioned that doing this internally really helps build that culture and just helps grow and more solidify that strategy. Now, is there a time to work, you know, just internally for strategy or is there a time when you need to have an outside consultant or coach externally outsourcing it, like you had mentioned, to come in and help facilitate some of that? Yeah. So the question is whether, you know, when do you focus internally to do this work or when is it appropriate to bring an outside expert in to help you with this process? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think ultimately you as an organization, you know, developing uh whether it be a strategy or, you know, and, and a strategy you have, an organization may have is improving their culture, right? That could be a key part of a strategy is improving the culture. I think a lot of the work is internal. That's where ultimately you have to, uh, to do the work and whether to bring in an outside expert to help you well, I think depend on, you know, analyzing the resources you have within your organization. Do you have the knowledge, experience, skill um, to do this internally? Uh, the value of bringing someone in from the outside is they, they have a different perspective. They are, have experience or knowledge about uh, a wider spectrum of companies and industries. And so they can bring in best practices and identify things that uh, the internal company may not have identified. Certainly internally companies can benchmark and should benchmark and do their internal analysis. And, but an external uh, consultant or expert can, can help validate Number one can be a validating source of that they're uh, approaching and re and getting the the information that's the most valuable. It can help widen the perspective um, and the amount of knowledge and information that comes in as well that could be helpful in that process. And so, part of the decision mm -hmm. of whether to go it alone or, or bring in a um, an outside expert is going to depend on your confidence of what you know as an organization. Um, but I think there's, you know, a lot of value of bringing in some outside experts to, like I said, validate um, your own internal information and often 
give you a, a different perspective, a different um, expertise. Also, I think ex outside experts can sometimes doing this work internally can be challenging. There's politics and depending how big your organization is, there, there may be more politics than in a smaller organization, but an outside expert can help facilitate, right? They can bring parties together and ask maybe some of the challenging, difficult questions and, um, and interview different individuals in the organization and, and help uh, identify kind of the, you know, the whole of what's happening in the organization. That may be, you know, if you're internal, you may be too close to the situation to really recognize everything that's happening and the strengths and the weaknesses that are happening in the organization an outside person may kind of help help you have a, a broader vision help you avoid that myopic kind of viewpoint and see things a little broader mm. that makes a lot of sense so something that i'm curious about is whenever you're bringing these people in to revisit the strategy or if you're bringing the internal team together to revisit the strategy. Uh, most business strategies might only cover, say, a short-term period, a medium-term period, or a longer uh, period over time. But um, we don't want to wait till the last minute. What, how often do we need to revisit strategy? And what are some of these, uh, or what are some good thresholds or points in time to realize, okay, maybe we need to start looking at revisiting the strategy. Well, I think good strategy has with it uh, certain goals and objectives that the organization is aiming to achieve. And with those objectives, to um, it's important for the organization to track the achievement of those objectives with data and metrics. And, um, and so tracking the data and performance in many ways is going to tell the organization, the business, if they are achieving their goals, if, if the strategy is working, right? And so I think, one, it's important for organizations to collect that data. And a lot of times some of that data is, uh, you know, part of, you know, the accounting and financial uh, account, the, the accounting data that you collect that you have to report to the government. So you know, hey, are we growing or not? But there could be other data that organizations want to gather, such as customer um, engagement or loyalty, satisfaction, uh, employee engagement. How are employees uh, viewing this? Is is there a strong culture? So gathering data, um, there's, you know, the concept of the balanced scorecard that um, is part of strategy and, and having that data to be able to detect, yeah. is it working or not? And so that in a way will tell you how often you need to tweak your strategy is by closely watching and gathering data to to have a, a better idea, is it working or not? Now, sometimes organizations, things are going great. You're killing it and all the metrics are, 
really good. And, and so there isn't the impetus to really change anything, especially the strategy. Um, however, markets and competition are dynamic and can change very quickly and trends can change very quickly. And so I think it's really important for companies to be adaptable. They need to have a mindset of we, we need to be ready to shift our strategy relatively quickly. So the question of how often should you review this, it should, you know, kind of be contingent on what you're learning. I think it's incumbent on organizations to be in a mindset of always learning. And, and as they have that knowledge and assimilate it into their organization and decision-making that will be telling when they need to shift their strategy and make adjustments based on that intelligence mm. that they're gathering. It could be five years, you know, every five years, it could be depending on the volatility in an industry or competitive um, space. It could be a lot sooner than that. Right. Um, I don't think it's, healthy to say, okay, every five years we will adjust and look at our strategy. I think it's healthy for organizations to make this an ongoing review, reviewing their strategy, continually, continually connect or collecting data and analyzing that to determine if tweaks or big adjustments need to be made to their strategy. That's, that's awesome. You know, we first need to look at the data, the metrics. What what story is it telling us? And what are we learning from that story? So as you're saying, Chris, we need to constantly review our strategy. It's an ongoing process. We have to continually learn in business in order to grow. Now, how can, how can a strategic plan effectively improve a company? And can every business or individual con conduct a strategic plan? Well, one, you know, there's, there's the, uh, I remember reading an article when I was getting my PhD um, that posed the question that, do you even need a strategy? Is strategy that important? Because sometimes a strategy will lock you in to a particular um, to particular decisions and routines and how you do your business. And that can make you overly rigid to be able to adapt to uh, shifts in, um, you know, an industry and um, and customer preferences. And so they ask the question, do you need a strategy? And, and maybe in industries that are really volatile, like technology um, focused industries where technology is changing and adapting so quickly, maybe a, a set strategy could be limiting. But I think the value of a strategy is it's um, if done correctly and the organization is brought into the process and they own the strategy and the direction 
that the company is going, it becomes a mechanism by which uh, the organization can be productive. They know what they're supposed to do. Here's what we're doing. Here's what has been decided and what we're doing and what we don't do. Right. So the expectations are, are clear and that can help with productivity and um, and achievement. Right. When employees know, hey, when they show up to work each day, they know what they're supposed to do. There's not a question. And a strategy can help define that. And and it can really point organizations in a direction that uh, can be you know, where they've identified there's an opportunity and potential. And so it can provide that, that clarity. And, and so I, I think there's a lot of value in going through a strategic, you know, planning process for those reasons. It just, I think needs to be reviewed and, um, and adjusted, you know, as needed sometimes regularly. And you talked about, should everyone do a strategy? You know, I think, there, as you have organizations that may have multiple levels, um, I think you need a company strategy, but different business units, maybe different teams need their own own strategy. Individuals, as they understand that, could have their own kind of goals and strategy that fit within that uh, overarching um, strategy under which they fall. I think that's that's good again to get that that focus and understanding clarity of what it is we're doing what has been identified as the success you know the the pathway that's going to lead to our success wow yeah that makes a lot of sense um so chris uh as as we wrap up is there anything that you'd like to share with our podcast audience you know, I think um, just the importance in this process of, uh, of creativity and innovation, right? To survive in business today, you, you need to differentiate yourself. You need to come up with ideas. Your strategy shouldn't be a copy of uh someone else. It needs to be uniquely yours. Your organization has unique resources, knowledge, and talent of employees that uh, could, you know, um, lead to a unique strategy. So it is really looking at, um, you know, we didn't talk about this in, in depth, but a good strategic process is looking externally at competitors and industry and internally, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? What are the resources that are really valuable and um, hard to copy? Uh, and how can you leverage those to be successful? But in that process as well, there needs to be a mindset and focus of, we need to do something different. We need to leverage what's unique about us to, to take a, a unique approach. Um, and that's, that's really important, I think, to long-term survival. And um, the, the other thing is, um, you know, an important part of leadership is uh, knowing when to change. When things are going really well in an organization, it's hard to change. Nobody wants to change. And, and change is hard, 
right? But leadership is vital in this to say, even when we don't have to adapt and change, when things are going good, it's likely this trajectory of our business and growth and performance is not going to last forever. So a leader, strategic leader has to intervene even when times are good and say, and say, we have to make decisions. And sometimes those are, those adaptations are, are uncomfortable for people because it means they have to do things differently. Maybe they have to shift their routines and norms. And so you really need a, a leader with a vision to say, here's why we're doing this. And even when things are good, we need to make these these choices that are hard for some people so that we can sustain long-term success and growth. So that would just be a few other things to consider as we're on this topic. Wow. Thank you so much, Chris. This, this has been huge. We, I really liked what you said about we need to differentiate ourselves, be our most authentic self, not only individually, but within our business as well. Leaders have to know when to change. We have to spark that change in others. So through leadership, through focusing and serving others to help them to become their most authentic selves, that's where the change can happen. That's, that's a huge piece of advice for our audience. And Chris, we, we thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you. Hey, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate the invitation and it's been a great time. Good to see both of you again. All right. Thanks, Chris. It's great to see you as well, Chris. Um, so, uh, Carl, do you want to tell everybody in the audience about our next episodes? Yeah. So our next episode is going to continue the crafting strategy series, and we're going to be focusing on reflection and recycling of our strategic plan. Now, remember, you can catch all our episodes every other Tuesday, either on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out insurian.com. That's E-N-T-U-R-I-A-N.com. You can also take a look at exemplifyleadership.com. Both Carl and I are posting all over all of our social media accounts with updates for the podcast. And even if you want to see a video version of the podcast, as opposed to just listening to the audio, you can head over to Insurian's YouTube channel. We'll be posting the full length of episodes on our YouTube channel. One more time, that's insurian.com, E-N-T-U-R-I-A-N.com. And the last, very last thing that we've got for you, as usual, just remember that alone we survive, but together we thrive. We'll see you on the next episode.